How's it going, everybody? This is Mike Whistler with episode three of the Easy Peasy Podcast. Thanks for listening. You know, today I wanted to talk about just just getting after it, you know, just doing it, just uh, diving in. Um, you know, it's easy for me to say, I suppose, but I think a lot of us have these dreams that are not so unattainable, and yet we never even get started. We're constantly thinking about it, but we're never actually working towards it. And when I say it's easy for me to say, you know, I guess it's because I had I had the luck, the the fortune of basically being able to pursue my my dream un, untethered. Um, I understand that a lot of people are saddled with with huge responsibilities, massive amounts of debt, what have you. I, as a young man, I was lucky to be educated and debt free. And that, that gave me a certain amount of, of, of freedom to, to dive in, but it doesn't mean that we can't do it a little bit at a time. You know, I, I kind of jumped in with both feet all at once and never looked back. Um, but that, that's not how it's, gonna work for everybody and I know that now no matter what your sort of goal is your 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 dream you know say you want to live in an RV you know three months out of the year say you want to say you want to go on a cruise twice a year say you want to you know and these are these are just examples maybe you want to have a have a hunting you know cabin somewhere maybe you want to live off grid maybe you want to maybe you want to start a garden you know Maybe it's just something as simple as that, but it's like the more you think about it, the less, the less motivation, the less momentum you have to get it done. Um, you know, I, I think the best thing I did was as soon as I had a little money in my pocket and it wasn't much, I was sitting on about $5,000 and I knew what I wanted to do in terms of my business. I wanted to build backyard gardens mostly raised beds and to develop some kind of subscription model. And so I just started, I, you know, I took about a thousand of that 5,000 and I bought just the basic tools, right? A shovel, a hoe, a rake, a spade, digging fork, scoop, you know, post hole diggers, wheelbarrow, you know, hand trowel, pruners, loppers, power drill, you know, circular saw. That was, in a nutshell, the initial investment, about $1,000. And I got started. I just started calling people I knew, calling my parents' friends, calling my friends' parents, uh, you know, calling anybody I knew that had had money, had connections, had, had, you know, property might have a space. They want to have a garden. And, you know, most of them very politely said, Oh, that's very nice. You know, I'll, I'll be sure to spread the word. But a couple of them said, hell yeah, let's do it. I'll take one. And, uh, and that, that got the ball rolling and it's been rolling on for about four years now, a little bit better every year. And it's because I, I was willing to take that chance and I was willing to make that that small initial investment. Now, 
it doesn't even need to be that much. Thousand bucks sometimes that's that's beyond question. Uh, you know that's that's too much money. Can't can't part with it. But you know, like when it comes to starting this here podcast, I'm not gonna say it was any it's any kind of success. You know, it's not. But basically, I. I got started. I've been thinking about it for a long time now, and I I just got sick of thinking about it and decided to start doing it, right? So I ordered a microphone, and I was excited, so I made a little post on my Instagram story saying, I ordered a microphone, you know? Here comes the easy-peasy podcast. No more talk, just just going for it. And uh, And I'm glad to say, like, after I posted that, a dear friend of mine, who happened to be my guest on the last episode, Jr., he he sends me a message and says, "Hey, like I've got a couple of boxes full of podcasting equipment. Like I started a podcast with some friends uh, a couple years ago, and you know, it kind of fizzled out, and this shit's just sitting in my storage unit. Why don't you take it?" And I'm like, "Oh wow! So now I got like double the equipment, <laughs> you know?" And I. I realized that they're they're perfect for two different things, and I didn't necessarily plan this, but the the microphone I ordered plugs into the computer. You know, it's a USB microphone, very nice, perfect for this right here, right now. It's what I'm talking into, and it'll be great for doing Skype interviews where I gotta I gotta record right onto the laptop. But this this setup that Jr. brought me, it's perfect for having people here in the shop doing face-to-face interviews it's a mixer it's four microphones it's uh you know a, a handheld recorder and it's uh it's a pretty sweet setup you know two different setups for you know kind of two different styles of, of podcast episodes and now I'm ready to rock you know it's like I spent 140 bucks but then all of a sudden like four hundred dollars five hundred dollars worth of shit just fell in my lap and I think that's kind of what they talk about when you hear about, you know, sort of manifestation and like the, the idea that if you think it, you can, you can achieve it. Um, I've always, I've always been reluctant to accept that concept because it implies that there's no work involved, but you know, sometimes it's true that things just come to you, but I think you've got to, you've got to take the first step yourself. It doesn't happen out of nowhere you have to get going you got to get after it you got to get started you know and i think you know this this kind of like call to be an entrepreneur that's kind of what i'm talking about like i think we all need to at least have a side hustle like if you're if you are if you are an employee you know you are your head's always in the in the guillotine you know you might be a great employee but you're always at someone else's mercy right which is why i think we should all diversify our income to some extent and have multiple sources and have side hustles you know and you can't really you can't really talk about it forever and never get started you got to you got to get after it and these these opportunities these side hustles they can actually they can actually do so much for us because they bring a little excitement into our lives. You know, if you if you're stuck in a job that's very much kind of doing the same thing every day and it's not really like feeding your soul, you know, 
you should really consider finding a way to like make a little money doing something you enjoy. And maybe you don't even need to make money doing it. You know, maybe it can just strictly be a hobby. But I think as soon as you make it the goal to make a little money, then you have the potential of becoming more independent, you know, more financially secure. You know, if if you have a side hustle that say you spend 10 hours a week on and you get a thousand bucks a month out of it, right? That's not a great return on investment. It's not, you're not making a whole hell of a lot of money, but you know, could be a lot of things could, could be making crafts that you sell could be, um, you know, maybe it's a, a window washing business you do on Saturdays. I don't give a shit if it's something that, that you enjoy, you know, maybe, maybe you kind of like washing windows. There ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> you know, some of those kind of chores are a hell of a lot more enjoyable than others. I'd rather wash windows than scrub toilets, right? But maybe that little side hustle in the in the event that you do get canned or that your company gets bought out or that it goes under or that there's a lockdown or whatever, you know, that thousand bucks a month could be critical to keep coming in. And perhaps if you had to, you could rapidly take that $1,000 a month side hustle and expand it and turn it into a four or $5,000 a month business. It's not that hard, guys. It's not that hard. You know, find a niche. And it could be something co- completely brand new. You know, I've heard of some pretty wild, wild jobs that people have invented for themselves. My my own included, you know, subscription gardener, like a personal gardener. That's, I mean, that's not unheard of, but it's, it's kind of a new idea. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like I've met, I've met folks that are interior landscape architects, okay? They do houseplants for offices, for residences. You know, sometimes it's more than just potted plants. Sometimes it's pretty wild shit. It's living, living roofs and living walls and, and, uh, you know, I, I'm just saying, like, at this point, y'all, anything is possible. You know, people are into all sorts of different shit. And if you can find a way to sell something interesting or a cool service or, you know, maybe you take a massage therapy class and and start a small practice, you know, get licensed and get get your own little practice going out of a van. You know, I've got a friend who's a physical therapist and she's talked about maybe doing a you know, sort of a, a mobile practice using a van. I said, why don't you get an RV with a big slide out? You can have more room to do yoga and shit. <laughs> but in that, in that an interesting thought, door to door physical therapy, right? And yoga. That's not a bad idea. You know, I, I know somebody that rents camper vans, kind of like Airbnb, but with, with camper vans, you know, it's great. There's a million opportunities out there, guys. And if you think you might have an idea, you might as well give it a shot. Get after it, you know? It's like we have the we have the 
the good fortune of being able to look up any knowledge that we need to know in moments and in seconds. We've never had it easier. And I think we need to just be grateful for that. And in some ways, it's our duty to utilize this vast amount of knowledge to find our niche. You know, I get a little tired of people talking about how we need to save the world, but they're not doing much about it themselves. They'll talk, but they won't really have a good argument if you say, so how are you saving the world, right? And I'm not trying to sound cocky here, but I'm 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 just saying like we gotta gotta get started. And I have. I've gotten started. I recommend you do the same. I want to close out here with sort of a thought about like leisure and and the ancient human. Yeah, the ancient human, uh, I think we misunderstand what their lives were like. A lot of us have this idea that it was tooth and claw, that it, they were they were always just on the on the edge of survival. And while that was probably true at times, right? During droughts or, you know, a saber-toothed tiger comes through camp or, you know, there were moments of intense danger, I am sure. But I believe that we were as evolved as any other animal in the ecosystem, right? To live, which means that we had as much opportunity to sort of thrive or not as any other creature. And if if you've ever observed the creatures of the forest, it doesn't appear to me that many of them are terribly stressed out when they don't have to be, or terribly overworked, or terribly busy, right? I think they tend to have a lot of leisure, and I think early people were the same way. You know, perhaps we had difficult, um, difficult months where there was lots of work to do, you know, but I think there were periods of time where we we lounged, right? We had just time on our hands. And the reason I say this is because I saw these immense, magnificent pieces of rock art when I lived out in Utah, right? Out in the desert, there are just these massive, massive rock art panels, right? On, on cliff sides. They call them petroglyphs and pictographs. I can't exactly remember, remember the dis- distinction between the two, but in any event, they're, they're massive half the time, and they're very impressive. And I can't help but think that these, these early humans would not have done this if they did not have time on their hands. And I, 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 I'm sure there was a spiritual component to a lot of it. If you look at them, that's, that's clear. In fact, if you look at it, sometimes you'd think these, these early humans might have met extraterrestrials or spiritual entities and and who's to say they didn't you know but it's clear that these these pieces of artwork are you know they would have taken quite a long time perhaps years perhaps years some of them and they wouldn't have done that if they were barely on the brink of survival i'm just just saying that i think in some ways we we probably live much harder lives, in, again, in some ways, than they did. 
you know, when it comes to our average cortisol levels, our average stress hormone levels, right? That's what cortisol is. If we compared our cortisol over the span of our lifetimes, that is modern humans, compared to compared them to pre pre-industrial, pre-agricultural. If we compared them to the levels of a human alive 10,000 years ago, 20,000 years ago, 100,000 years ago, I bet you we are more stressed than they are. I almost guarantee it. And it's our own bloody fault half the time. I mean, it's largely because we don't have the tools. We don't know how to live better. We're, we're just gerbils on the gerbil wheel, running, 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 and oftentimes it's hard to even see that you're doing that, that you're just just turning a wheel and getting nowhere. And I think I think I want to I want to just wrap this up by saying like, I hope this podcast can serve as an inspiration to change something, to start something, to do something. Because you, as a human, deserve to live well. You deserve to have a good life. Now, I'm going to read a bit of poetry here. Just a moment. I got to find the page. Here it is. So this is called Hot Dogs and Aftershave by Abel James. Okay. Once we up and left the caves, we suddenly became enslaved, told that we must now behave. That from our sins we're all now saved. Today it's currency we crave from the cradle to the grave. It's missiles and microwaves, hot dogs and aftershave, pop stars and rollerblades, competitions and accolades, global warming in the Everglades, porno politicians paying off milkmaids, cancer, autism, Lyme and AIDS, good and evil, savior and saved. We're told it's America's fireworks that make us brave. So just pay your taxes and behave. Once we lived together in the dark caves, now we're all plump patriotic wage slaves. But what indeed happened to the greatest power that we gave when they defiled our daughters in the Holy Crusade? Does God really require us showered and shaved? Were we really so brutish, crude, and depraved before we suddenly became enslaved? Were our eyes truly blind and glazed and our minds so primitive, wretched, and crazed? Imagine what spirits must have thrived in those days before righteous plight flooded into the caves with their palaces and churches, hot dogs, and aftershave. That was from... Designer babies still get scabies. A small book of mostly silly poetry by Abel James. He's got a way of making you smile and, and churning your gut all at the same time. I'll tell you that much. It's a really interesting read, that book. 
But I think it says a lot. I think it says um, what I'm trying to say is that there's there's a trade-off to our modern existence that we're only beginning to see the 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 ramifications of our choice. You know, if if there ever was such a choice, you know, our choice to leave the caves, right? We are we are beginning to see that it has detrimental effects on our health and well-being, and. I just want to help us kind of find the path towards something in the middle, right? I'm not I'm not recommending we all live in caves. What I want is for us to find that balance. That balance of wild and of civilized, of of culture and of of sort of primalism, right? I like primalism, but I also like culture, you know? I like technology. I like music. I like I like watching television sometimes. But we have to be careful. We have to be we have to be very careful with how we how we program ourselves, right? We can we can pretend that we have no control over how we've been programmed, but we we have had control. And even though you might pretend you didn't know, you knew. You knew it wasn't good for you. All those CSI Miami shows or all those, you know, Jersey Shore or, you know, we we watch a lot of garbage. And it affects us. It does. It does. I'm grateful that, you know, just by nature of my curiosity, I watched mostly things like Animal Planet and... uh Discovery Channel and History Channel as a kid. You know, I watched a lot of that kind of stuff. And a lot of good, good stuff too, you know. Fantasy and sci-fi and and sure, some cartoons, but some of them were pretty wild. You know, we were talking about that yesterday with JR on episode two. Talking about some of those wild cartoons that used to be on TV. And, you know, some of it's good, but a lot of it is bad it's bad particularly now most of it has a has a patriotic or i'm sorry a um, a political sort of agenda it amazes me even on even on the tv or even on the kids shows it seems like there's always something they're trying to sneak in there right and i don't know that we need that in fact, I think it's making things pretty god-awful. I think we have been divided by so many of these kind of subtle ideas. And they, they put us into different camps, when really we just need to all go camping together. <laughs> you hear? Let's all just grab a tent, cooler full of beer, a couple of, couple of sticks of firewood, a little bag of grass some eggs and bacon for the morning and let's go have a conversation right let's let's sit let's sit together and talk i think i'm done being being lulled to sleep and being being isolated being divided from the people in my lives i i'm over it i'm done that's why i don't believe in politics but i still can't help but pay attention <laughs> now I feel like I'm kind of going 
bit rambly at this point, so I'm going to wrap her up. I just want you guys to know that I appreciate you listening. If you're one of these early listeners, you know, this is the first week of this show, so I want to keep this going. I want to I want to keep the momentum. I'd appreciate any any of you that are listening, you know, send send me your thoughts, send me any feedback, send me any encouraging words. Or tell me it's garbage and to shut the fuck up. I don't care. But let me know what you think. And uh, let me know if you want to come on the show. If you have something you think would be interesting to talk about, uh, I'm open to just about anybody. Alright guys, have a good one. Thanks for listening to episode 3 of the Easy Peasy Podcast. This is Mike Whistler signing out. <laughs>